Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Friday, October 16th, 2020. On the show today, actually, it's going to be a double pod Friday. I'm going to have two podcasts for you all. I had some uh, stuff to take care of personally yesterday, so I was not able to do a podcast. But today, we're going to have two for you. This first one is going to be the fourth edition of our Nationals playoff, di- well, our Locked On Nationals playoff diary. So we're going to go through the two games yesterday, two uh, really interesting ball games, outstanding baseball game between the Rays and the Astros in game number five there, making it a 3-2 to two series. And then we'll talk about game number four between the Braves and the Dodgers, the Braves uh, opening up a 3-1 to one lead over the Dodgers in that series. So we'll talk about both of those series here on podcast number one. Podcast number two, we'll have the news, uh, more on the news of Michael A. Taylor's release from the team, clearing waivers, and also, too, we'll have our right field position breakdown, postseason position breakdown. So we've gotten catcher, first base, second, uh, short, and third all out of the way. So all the infield fielding positions have been taken care of. Next, we will move on to the outfield now. So we start with the right field. We'll go right, center, left, and then we'll take care of the pitching stuff um, next week. Probably uh, later next week or or end the following week, depending on the um, the playoff schedule, obviously, because we've been alternating days. So uh, today on this first pod, we're going to talk about the two baseball games yesterday and the two series happening right now in the ALCS and NLCS. Hope you guys enjoy. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it here. Our fifth playoff diary here this season, uh, this postseason rather. And we have to start with the American League because I said the Rays were coming on strong, and I mean they were up 3-0. The Astros get game four, and then game five, this felt like the pivotal one, right? This feels like if you can get to that game six, the pressure begins to be applied to the Rays because, you know, for the Astros, that means that you've won back-to-back games. And, I mean, all credit to the Rays. In a game that ended up being 4-3 Astros, the the Rays made the Astros earn this win in every single conceivable way. It was Luis Garcia, LOL, funny enough, that uh, there was a Luis Garcia pitching. He is 23 years old uh, for the Astros and biggest start of his life, obviously. And then he went up against John Curtis for the Rays. And that's one thing about these um, the no breaks in between playing these games in the same place, no travel days means that it's tougher for these teams to cycle through those pitchers. And we already saw Tyler Glass now pitch on two days rest. And, uh, you know, that's what makes this so compelling now is that you're seeing a bunch of guys that we're not used to seeing. And yesterday it was five consecutive rookie pitchers were used at one point by our old friend Dusty Baker on the um, for, for the uh, Astros. So that was really it was really interesting. It ended up working out for them. But this game started off, and this game, you know, for the most part, um, was about power output. All the scoring, except for one Michael Brantley two-run double, um, were home runs. There were, let's see, six scoring plays last night, and five of them were home runs. A majority of them, all of them actually, all the home runs, were solo shots. So with that, uh, you know, this kind of... It plays a little bit into the Astros' hands, right? I mean, this is a team that we know can generate offense with the solo long ball, and they did that and started off with uh, with George Springer in the first inning. 
George Springer will start things off for the Astros in the first pitch. And Springer drills this one deep down the left field line. If it stays fair, it's gone. And that is a fair ball. Home run for George Springer. His first leadoff home run in the postseason. And the Astros jump out to a 1-0 lead. It was one nothing there off the strength of that solo home run. And then for, the, for me, the moment that most resonated with me in this game came in the third inning. And Brandon Lau was leading off for the Rays because you know, they wanted to get him going. And manager Kevin Cash had something really impactful that he said before this game. He said he's going to make an impact. He said Brandon Lau was going to have an effect on this game. And he did. I want you guys to listen to this clip. And just think about how this is this is good management right here. And I know Davey Martinez tried this with Robles, and he tried this this season uh, as well with Adam Eaton. It didn't work out. But this is what good management sounds like and looks like with your baseball team. And as far as Brandon, uh, look, he's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna come up big for us. We've got a lot of confidence in Brandon Lau. He's gonna come up today with some opportunity to do something, do some damage, and find a hole, find some grass out there or maybe find something over the wall. 1-1 pitch is drilled in the air to right center field. Doesn't have enough. Get out of here. It is gone. That might just get him going. Brandon Lau with his first home run of the postseason. And the Rays have tied this game at one here on the third. I love that. Feed me every single second of that from Kevin Cash. And Brandon Lau, too. I mean, you know, a guy is struggling in the postseason. You think, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we bury this guy. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe hey, he's not going to be the guy we rely on. And and Kevin Cash said, no, we're going to put him in the front of the lineup, and he's going to make something happen. And he did. And this low-scoring affair, he was able to make something happen. But the Astros responded with a Michael Brantley single in the third. And uh, also something, too, you know, with guys on base, this is good stuff. But for the most part in this game, and especially from the Astros, they were really good with runners on base. They were really when the, when the Rays had runners on base. A really strong effort from the Astros pitching to get out of to get out of uh, situations, force some double plays. They did a good job in this game. Randy Arozarena uh, makes it three to two with his solo blast in the top of the fifth. And not gonna play that one for you. You know we've heard enough of Arozarena. This guy has been on a tear. Um, his sixth postseason home run that ties Evan Longoria not just in Rays records for most home runs in a postseason by a rookie but all rookies all time it's the most home runs in a postseason by any rookie in major league history I believe in the modern era so really impressive stuff from Randy Arozarena who continues to tear the absolute cover off the ball Cuban Mookie Betts as he is affectionately called now we go to the top of the eighth and this is where G-Man Choi strikes with what was one of the more fun home runs of the entire postseason. And that ball's hit high and deep. G-Man Choi will watch it fly. This game is tied at three. An absolute blast by G-Man Choi. An absolute blast, an absolute tank from G-Man Choi. And I'll tell you what, I like Joe Buck. I don't understand why people dislike him. I'm going to miss Brian Anderson calling games. Um, I will say this about Brian Anderson. He is quickly ascending to becoming 
one of the best broadcasters, not only in baseball, not only in basketball, but all of sports. I mean, look at the the diversity, the, the resume he's got. It's a guy who's called NCAA tournament games, really important NCAA tournament games. This is a guy who has called NBA playoff games. He had the Western Conference Finals before this. They send him from the Western Conference Finals to the baseball playoffs, where he had Yankees and Rays, and now they carry him forward into this ALCS. I mean, I have just been over the moon happy with the revelation. I, I think, you know, baseball did need some more, uh, some more blood and kind of in, in the, especially the American League side, because for the National League, we have a whole lot of Joe Davis and Joe Davis is great. He's good. He is the heir apparent to Joe Buck. Um, you also have Kevin Burkhart for Fox too, who does a lot of their in-studio stuff, but I, for my money is one of the best play-by-play guys in the business as well too. And so you see, you know, with Buck, who's, you know, relatively, I mean, he's not a super old broadcaster, um, you know, with Kevin Burkhart and with Joe Davis, I mean, the the National League is covered for the foreseeable future. I know TBS have been playing around with some of their crews, you know, and I like Ernie Johnson a lot. I just don't know if baseball is the best um, fit for him. Uh, just call, like, I mean, like actually calling the games. Like, he's fine. He's actually pretty good at it. But there's just so many guys who do such a good job, and I, I think, uh, I think Brian Anderson is definitely becoming one of those guys that is a joy to listen to. A lot of fun. Brings such good energy and, and quality to these games. And you're also going to hear it right here, too, off the home run that Carlos Correa hits to win this game. Listen to this great call from Brian Anderson. Also, too, what a win for the Houston Astros, who now force a game six. And here is Carlos Correa. If Carlos Correa hits one out of here, you may see the it might hit us up the here. world's longest bat flip. One ball, one strike. In the air, center field. Correa's watching. This is back, and it's gone. It's a walk-off home run. Carlos Correa. Astros win. Carlos Correa has just forced a game six in this ALCS. What a moment. And their 71-year-old manager is dancing the night away here in San Diego. Everything about that call is great. It's simple. It's energetic. Gets the point across. Uh, I love the tagline there at the end. You know, explain the situation well, too. Uh, let everybody know what was happening. You know, Correa wins the game. Correa forces a game six. And I love the Dusty Baker dancing the night away there. Big embrace at the end between Baker and Correa. And, you know, for these Astros, I mean, once again, you know, they're, they're not shutting people up just yet. But, uh, I mean, like, you know, the performance from Correa has been pretty spectacular. Um, I would say he is shutting a lot of people up. Uh, and I think the other thing we're missing, though, is you know Altuve. I mean, watching him fielding get the yips, you know, putting three or four balls in the dirt, it's bizarre. You know, it's like watching Jordan Spieth lose his putting stroke. It's it's like watching Markel Fultz lose his jumper. It's just one of those things where it's completely mental, and it's forced, I guess, a mechanical error as well, too. Really bizarre to see. But, hey, the Astros have now forced a Game 6 uh, in this series against the Rays. And that game is going to be happening uh, tonight. Your starting pitcher matchup, I think, you know, you never can trust ESPN, but uh, Framber Valdez against Blake Snell is your pitching matchup. So we'll see, man. I mean, Valdez has been really good for the Astros so far, but this series slowly becoming more interesting. And, th- you know, the deal is my, my theory on anything when it comes to elimination games just force a game seven. All bets are off if you force a game seven. Obviously, a lot of times, you know, you sometimes favor the team. It's got a lot of momentum riding into that game. But 
I, I think the Rays, I feel like they're going to get it done tonight in game six. I feel like they're, they're going to close things out in game six. This team is just so, I mean, even that loss last night, I was impressed. Um, I just, the way this team fights and, you know, I, I think during the broadcast, Ron Darling made a good point that, Hey, this, these are the games that the Braves or excuse me, the Rays normally win. They didn't get it done in that game. It was, that was weird, but they definitely have the ability to force a game like that tonight. And I think the Rays do end up getting it done and punching their ticket to the world series. All right, we'll uh, take a break here and then talk about the National League Championship Series when we come back. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest possible price rather than charging prices based off what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require account login or membership. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, as we roll on to the National League Championship Series, I want to let you guys know that for those first highlights, they came from TBS as well as the Rays and Astros radio networks. The upcoming calls you hear on this are going to come from Fox and the Braves and Dodgers radio networks as well. So now we get to this series, and I told you all the other day, I said this. More credit to Josh, Josh Stradamus. No, but I said, all right, the Dodgers are too good of a team. We are waiting for them to punch back. And they punched back in a gigantic way in Game 3 with a 15-3 win that was really over before the first inning or before the second inning was over. I mean, that, that game was over within a half hour of it starting. And it was very reminiscent of the Braves' loss to the Cardinals in that Game 5 last year of the American League, or excuse me, of the, of the National League Division Series. My question was, when the, when the Dodgers punch back when the Dodgers finally get off you know the final Dodgers finally land their first big shot and they landed a huge shot in that game three how would the Braves look when they got off the mat and boy did they respond with a resounding 10 to 2 win last night it was Clayton Kershaw on the mound against Bryce Wilson for the Dodger for the for the Braves and the 22-year-old from Durham, North Carolina, was up for the challenge last night. I know, I know Marcelo Ozuna was really ended up being the star of the show. But last night, you have to give so much credit to the six innings, one hit, one earned run, five Ks that were delivered by Bryce Wilson. And this young pitching for Atlanta, revelation does not even begin to describe what the youth movement in Atlanta has done and how good that bullpen has been for the most part. Uh, not a good afternoon, not a good evening rather, I should say, for Will Smith. But the rest of the way, I mean, Martin, uh, Martin Matzik and then Green were able to close out the deal. No, you know, no questions asked. And Kershaw getting up there, five innings pitched, four earned runs, four Ks. And for him, you know, like, like he's just not a great postseason pitcher. But also, too, here's the thing is, 
I mean, the Braves had done this to basically every pitcher, right? Like, who the Braves not just terrorized so far in the postseason? With timely hitting up and down the lineup, it's just been a variety of guys, whether it's Swanson or Riley or Albies. These guys have been dynamite up and down the lineup. And this game got started off uh, for the Braves. You know, Rios hits a home run in the in the third inning to make it one uh, nothing. But Ozuna had his first of many hard hit balls on the night in the third inning when he delivered a monstrous home run to make it one to one. That is a blast! Way out of here. This ball game is tied. And a couple of stops along the way around the bases for Marcelo Zuna. He said they had to get him going. That thing got out of here in a blink. Joe Buck with the call there. Things stayed at one apiece until the sixth inning, and then the Braves were able to knock Kershaw out of the game and some great line-moving hitting. Freeman double scores O's, uh, uh, Acuna. Ozuna double scores Freeman. Swanson double scores Albies and Ozuna. Riley scores a run as well, too. And then Patchy also, as well, drives in a run. They make it 7-1. to one. Uh, Rios drives another run, makes it 7-2. to two. But a monster Ozuna home run in the bottom of the 7th, straight to center field, makes this thing 8-2. to two, And that's when you got the idea. This thing was just about over. Pitcher of the night for the Dodgers, Dylan Floro. And there's one into center. Back at the wall. And it is gone. Ozuna, his second of the night. And the Braves get that run right back. And once again, Marcelo Ozuna was just putting exclamation points on what was a really good night for the entire Braves offense. Uh, Freeman uh, drives in a run in the ninth inning, or excuse me, the bottom of the eighth, and also Ozuna again one more time in the ninth. I mean, just a monster, gigantic game for Marcelo Ozuna. Drives in four runs, but I mean, they drove in another six as well, too. But Ozuna, whose bat had been a bit cooler in the postseason, this is where he stepped up big. And, and just across the board, like this is what this Braves team does. I'm going to keep saying this. A lot of 2019 UVA basketball in this group. A team that had to go. Oh, this happens a lot, guys. Teams have to go through not some traumatic experience, but in this case, it was traumatic, heartbreaking experience for the Braves where they were just crushed by the uh, Cardinals. And the Braves had a lot of heartbreak. But this group specifically suffered it last year, and now they've rebounded, and they're going, you know, this this was their knockout. This was their their punch they landed against the big dog, right? This was this was the, um, the UVA-Purdue basketball game where Carson Edwards did not miss, and, uh, you know, they, UVA had to have a response, and Atlanta has found it. And, you know, this is this is exactly what you have to do. Um, you know, this team is built for this. And surprisingly, though, from the pitching standpoint, it's a bunch of young guys who don't seem to be phased and have no actual, like, memory or experience of going through a traumatic moment and have been phenomenal for the Braves. This forces, and it didn't force a Game 5, but Game 5 is coming tonight. I believe it's going to be Dustin May on the mound. My good friend Palmer Robbins, who is a Braves fan, says, yeah, Game 5, you know, that's what I'm worried, really worried about, who is pitching out there. But I mean, with, the, with the, the Braves' offense, you know, I'm not saying they can give away a game. And the Dodgers are such a good baseball team, you don't want to allow them to, you know, to force that Game 6. But 
it always feels like no matter what happens, the Braves can come back the next night, you know, even if they put a zero up the night before, and put up six, seven, eight, ten runs. This Braves t- offense is just has just been phenomenal. I mean, you look across the board and the, the, the runs they scored this series, um, you know, five, eight, fifteen, uh, excuse me, five, eight, three, and then ten. Uh, they always just seem to get enough. And offensively, you don't really have m- many worries about this team. And you think about the guys who have been coming through. Once again, it- it's worth mentioning. You know, in these playoffs, Acuna is only hitting 239, but he's had a couple big hits. He had two big hits to get himself in scoring position last night. Freeman goes two for five last night. Ozuna, who had not been playing well, does well. Uh, Travis Darno, who started off hot in these playoffs, uh, did not do well last night. He was 0 for 4. Ozzie Albies going 2 for 4 was huge. Dansby Swanson driving in two runs last night. Austin Riley goes 1 for 4, and he's had his fair share of big moments, even though he's only hitting one uh, 125 so far in this postseason. So, yeah, I mean, the, the it's being shared across the board, and that distribution is what you love to see, especially if you are Brian Snicker. This is what you love to see to see. So game five and game six coming up respectively this evening. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited. These, these series, especially, you know, that Houston series is starting to heat up. I, I like just the idea of the amount of offense we can get in that Dodgers uh, Brave series at any moment in time. But I think my eyes are locked on six o'clock on TBS tonight between Houston and Tampa from what has been a phenomenal back and forth, right? The Rays get that 3-0 lead in the series, and then the, the Astros have come back and earned their way back into this series, a pivotal game six coming tonight, and then game five in the Dodgers and Brave series comes to you uh, tonight at nine o'clock on FS1. So very excited for those. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Nationals Twitter feed at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Check out the Locked On MLB podcast as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And coming up later today, it is our um, kind of debrief on Michael A. Taylor being released from the Nationals. And also, too, we're going to talk about uh, the Nationals' right field position and do our postseason position breakdown on right field. So that's coming later today on the podcast on a double pod Friday. So make sure you guys keep, uh, keep it locked into your feeds. A lot of weekend content for you coming your way.